0: Welcome back to the What the Folk Sunland Review Show. Hurrah! Sunland have won. And it was a wonderful Saturday for everyone on Wayside. Thanks to Trey Hume, Dan Neal, and Jackie Clark. We've won. So of course, there's only two people that could possibly join the show. First up is Ross Black. Ross, how are you doing? You okay? Hi, brilliant. Good
1: to be back after we win, you know. Um, just to, just don't fancy the defeats anymore,
0: you know. Just don't need that negativity in my life. I think that's what it is. I I find like the fact that they physically couldn't come on this one, almost evidence that I knew we were going to win this weekend. But uh, Brad, how are you doing? You OK?
2: I'm not bad, mate. Uh, good to be back on. I, I'm not like Ross, so I don't just bottle it when we get beat. I have genuine reasons of working <laughs> and football. Today's just a line, there's no football and there's no work, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, we've heard this one before. Um, Ross... I said before, back to win a ways, look, it was a good day. I think everyone could see me, myself, on my timeline. I had a good day, so it was a better weekend when Sunderland win. But a good performance in, in many ways. Look, not perfect, but but very, very good. How are you feeling after the game in the morning after?
1: Yeah, I think it's a game where if we didn't win, I'd come out going, like, how on earth had we not won that game with the spells of dominance that we had? I um, thought the Norwich goal came against a run of play and we lost our way a bit, but once Hume equalised, I thought from there on in, we were the, we were the better team. If anything, we, it got a bit too easy and we got a bit complacent, I feel, in parts, which probably could have led to them equalising when they had the chance at the back post. But again, they had that header that hit the post and it woke us back up again and we started being a bit more attacking rather than a bit more passive in possession. So overall, I thought it was really good and there was
0: some good performances out there off the bench and the team players who started. It felt like um, Cardiff at home, but if we'd scored... I felt like that kind of performance where we were just really dominant, letting a daft go, but was scored enough to for it not to matter. But it's a, it's a championship, isn't it? But uh, Brad, 3-1 win. Really hard to complain. Um, against the Norwich team, that on paper is actually pretty good. We'll, I'm sure we'll get into how bad I thought Norwich were um, later on. But for Sunderland, a really positive Saturday. Brad, I think, eh? Yeah,
2: um, I thought we were dominant for minute one, really. And to be honest, when we want a goal, we goal down, I had the same sort of feeling as we when we ran a goal down against QPR. It uh, wasn't really deserved. And I just had the i just knew that we re- realistically our players are better and we're gonna come back and win. But similar to Ross as well, second half, I think we were a bit complacent and I was saying to the guys around me, I think we, we need another goal here because in any any level of football, if you're only one goal up the, the, there's always that chance you're gonna you're gonna throw it away. But I thought the way that we managed the game when after we got the third was was really good. Um, we went looking for more actually, which was it's quite nice to see. Um, on another day, we might have got four or five, and it would would have been great value for it to be honest. Um, but like you both said, some good performances from those that started and a few lads that came on as well. Just, a, just it's just nice to get back to winning ways and do it in a professional manner, like we did. Um, no drama, really. Um. Yeah, and we just take that in. It's nice to have a week's break now and take it into next week off the back of a comfortable win, I would say.
0: I think one of the biggest positives that we can take, and look, this is down to our progression and also Norwich's regression, but if you remember last year when we were talking about the best side we came up against, a lot of people would say Norwich. Um... I think we played really well that day. We hit the bar and that and we probably should have been in the lead and it was the day Alex Neil had left so he had all those kind of things going against us but you you kind of knew Norwich had the sort of quality you had Cantwell on the bench and, and Timu Pukki but the team that day, you could see Norwich, you're like, oh, they, they should be there or thereabouts to look like a team that's just been relegated from the Premier League and it looked the other way around yesterday. We looked more like the team that could have potentially been relegated from the Premier League such as the quality we had and the passes we were pulling off and I think if we'd won 5-6-1, I don't think many people could have complained there's one or two really small negatives but I just think a really positive Saturday and I think if you look at obviously it wasn't nice for getting beat down at Stoke but I thought we should have got something out of that I think the game against Leicester I think we deserve something against Leicester as well to be honest with you and you know the game prior to that Borough is kind of killed by a, a red card and I think it probably shows some of progression as well that we've lost three games in a row and I don't really feel like the fan base has panicked too much Like, I was probably the most panicked out of everyone, thinking like, yesterday was a must-win, or is it a must-win, or even raising the question, you could say it was panicked, but I feel like the majority of the fan base responded to that question on Twitter and was like, don't be daft, man. And historically, that's not been Sunday. When we've lost three games in a row, and I think it just shows that we knew the performances were sort of halfway there with a couple of things missing, and yesterday a lot of things came to fruition, but one player that just... Turns in performance after performance week after week. Ross, I I just I don't really know what to say about him. Yeah, Jack Clark, outstanding again. My biggest concern with Jack Clark at the minute is not about whether he goes down the wing or whether he cuts inside or if he's going to score enough goals. It's how hard is it going to be to hold on to him in January.
1: It's it's going to be a challenge, but that shows how well we're doing for individuals under the team when our players are wanted. It means we're doing they're doing brilliant stuff and. Uh, Again, yes, again, down Stoke. I didn't think he had his best game. Still scored. Probably should have scored down Leicester. I think if it would have been a bit harsh. He probably should have done a bit better. Good save though. And then yesterday they couldn't get near him. It. it, it what was really evident was how many t- when he got the ball, how many Norwich players just gravitate over there. There was at least three players on him at every t- every opportunity they had. And then his assist for Neil's goal is it, it's it's superb. It's it's unbelievable. And I was speaking in the in the pub beforehand, and I was speaking to a few of the lads I got the matches with, and there's a few of the older generation, and uh, Stevie, who I was with, he was like, he's like a modern day Chris Waddle, and I think that's that's a that's a great compliment to have when you you're getting <laughs> you're getting compared to Chris Waddle, and he's added goals to his game. He was so unlucky with that one where he cut inside and hit the post as well. And I I just feel like overall he's 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 quality isn't he? we, we we talk about him so much on this podcast about how good he is but we need to keep talking about him because he deserves the praise like he's matched his goal tally from last season already okay he's taking the penalties but he's winning the penalties as well <laughs> so he he's got every right to go take them um yeah superb january well to me just let's not think about that let's just wait and uh let's just enjoy him while we have him because that's the one thing everyone's seeing that, oh yeah, we're not if we don't go up this year, it's not the end of the world. But if we don't go up this year, we will lose Jack Clark in the summer, no matter what.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with that, to be honest with you. I think um one thing I really like about Jack Clark, and it's more of a personality thing. I I don't really think he lets the transfer talk around him on the fact that obviously he has, in my opinion, an agent that just seems to enjoy unsettling his his own players and, and being a bit um unprofessional online that's just my opinion I don't know if people agree but um, I'm not a huge fan of him to be honest because of the things he said online but I don't think Jack Clark let it bother him too much I think the one time I've seen him get overly animated was when he scored against Southampton and it felt like that was him going I'm quite happy here like don't sweat like I've said nothing like I'm scoring I've just banged in the first minute and I think I think that's his football do the talking and I think he, he did a great interview in a newspaper that I will not mention um Earlier in the week, uh, someone sent me the quote from it and he's talking about um how Tony is the best manager he's worked under for him. And I think if you got a look through the managers he's worked under, Mourinho, Bielsa, um, I think that's really high praise for for Mowbray, but it also shows exactly what Jack Clark thinks of him. So hopefully, hopefully he he thinks about Tony Mowbray all the way up until May, and then we get promoted and then everything's fine Jack Clark's uh, still something play forever but honestly outstanding performance thought he was brilliant Um, Brad I want to I bring a, a different player on here at the moment and we'll talk about the players that impressed us the most but Patrick Roberts has come in for a fair bit of stick and I think in some ways it depends how you look at it it's balanced he can beat four or five players and then he can't seem to get an assist he can't seem to get a, a goal and um, but then you could also say, well, he hasn't really had a striker playing alongside him for a while. He got an assist yesterday, and I thought he was really good. Um, thoughts on Patrick Roberts' performance yesterday?
2: Just what we came to expect from Patrick Roberts this season. Um, yeah, he, he is magic. Look, when the ball's at his face, it's, it's mesmerising sometimes. But it's no good doing it with no end product. And it is good now with that monkey's off his back where people are saying no goals, no assists. He's got one now. He's gotten he's got that assist now. Hopefully, he can not start adding some goals. He said it himself after the Leicester game in his post match. He knows himself he needs to start adding to it. Um, it's just one player, I think it's like a luxury sometimes. It's even though he's not producing the final balls, you sort of don't want to take him out of the team. He, I don't think you can really justify it because he's that good when he has got the ball and he is on on, on song, and you're thinking something's going to come, something's coming. Um, look. Like, me and you love Patrick Roberts. We have done for all of last season and end of the League One campaign. Um, it's just, it, it's a funny one because you, you do expect more from him in the final third and we're not seeing it. But everything up until then is fantastic to watch. I do think in a way though, he misses Ahmad because them who play them little intricate one-twos in and around people and they just like i've like I, I used the analogy last year it's like a couple of year 11s playing against year sixers at school they just they just took the mic i think he does miss amad and look i'm not saying it'll happen but if we get him back in january we'll see the best of patrick roberts we know, we know for a fact um but yeah i mean i keep persevere he's got his, he's got his assist now and usually they say if, if you get one you, a, a boatload starts coming in um and I think with a, a different type of striker that we're playing up front now, it might start suiting him a little bit more. So we'll just see. But I love Patrick Roberts. I, I, I think he's a great player.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I love Paddy as well. I think the one thing I would say about yesterday was that, and I'm not criticising Burst or, or Hamir, but Rusin's obviously very different. And I think, <laughs> I feel like we mention him every week, but like I have to at this point. One thing Ross Stewart was good at was running uh, in running the channels. And we sort of missed that a little bit. And I think, when you got players that can run the channels, it opens a bit of like an extra 10, 15 yards for the likes of Robertson and Jack Clark. And I think it's no coincidence that, we'll get into Russen's performance, but I thought Roosan run the channels better than than Burstow and, and Hamia do, different player. And I think that opened an extra 10, 15 yards of space for the likes of Jack Clark and, and Robertson. I think it was no coincidence that they both sort of had goal contributions yesterday. Um, but yeah, you look, I like Robertson. I'd be really sad if he left. I hope each contract like, gets sorted and I think that'll... That'll settle his head a little bit, but um, Ross, there was tons of good performances yesterday. I picked out um, Trey Hume, I thought it was really good. I think Daniel was excellent, and we've talked about Jack Clark, but there's a few players you could mention. Who was who was your standouts? To your top three?
1: Yeah, Trey Hume and Clark. Yeah, Neil, like you say, that them three were all brilliant. But I actually thought um, that it went a bit under the radar, but I I, I thought that o'neill and Ballard were brilliant. Because, okay, the goal conceded was a bit of a mess, but you know, there's mitigating circumstances to that. Uh, basically, we didn't, we didn't play the whistle, and the linesman went to put his flag up, then didn't put his flag up. And after all of it, we've seen the clip. He he wasn't even offside, anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a mess all around, basically. But yeah, I thought 0-9 well, brought the ball out really well and Ballard it was clear it was clear instruction that they were told get higher up the pitch with the ball it did leave us a few scary moments when they lost us but that was a clear instruction and when it worked it was brilliant I think the only thing we need to work on is clearly when they go out Equa or Neil whoever's the deep line midfielder needs to sit in because (laughs) it got a bit scary when they counted us but we we did really well to block it off plus they were pretty pony
2: I think that header at the back post was from Ballard Ending up in their half, and they broke on us, and that's when their header came and very nearly cost us. Because Ballard was thinking he was uh, Primrose Stewart
0: did <laughs>
1: quite well. Uh, be fair it, it, it's, it's all right going forward, but I think it's just releasing us in the correct time. I think I think he got a bit excited too many times when he skinned past two. He's like, oh, "I'll take on the rest of them now," but if he just passed the ball to Clark, <laughs> you'll be all right. Um, but I I I thought like. To me though, as well, what baffled me was their best player uh, threat threat that I seen was that row on the on the wing. And then they took him off and I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Cause they didn't really have much after that, because he was lightning quick, he was strong, he was giving Hume a good battle in the in the first half. And uh but yeah. Huggins again, he just goes about his business, doesn't he? He's like a six or seven out of ten every week. He's nothing he's nothing special, but he just gets his job done. And it will be interesting to see what happens with certain combat to fitness, who gets in there, but but I overall I th- I think you say there's a, there's a there's a there's a there's a good few performances in there, and I think having two centre midfielders in echo and Neil makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Just for the core of the squad, the the spine and how how we
0: like to play it gives freedom of the others. I, I agree with you and Huggins. Um talking about an agent previously <laughs> and that made a comment which uh I think was massively unfair, but it's no slight on uh, Nile Huggins. I think we've spoken for about two years about Huggins whilst had the injuries and said, look, he looked like the kind of player that can really add to the squad when he's in and he's fit. And obviously he's he's getting that run of games. He doesn't look like he needs a rest or anything like that. He can fit in on the left. I think he's better on the right personally because he's right-footed. Um, Hence the argument of, I would play Dennis Circle on the left-hand side because he's got left foot and he's he's just slightly better. But having the options is brilliant. And I think Huggins is really... I think it, it would be very harsh for Huggins to be dropped either at right back or left back at the moment because of the performances he's put in, but what a great option to have. Oh no, who do we play? Like the former Leeds Academy graduate who was there when Leeds won the Premier League and has really shown up or the former Spurs Academy product who's got a buyback close of, or had a buyback close of £6 million because of his potential. Or what about the guy from West Ham that we got that was really good, like Alessi, who's still come back. Like It's nice to have options in the back positions. Um. I, it's not something I'm going to complain about. I don't think anyone's clueless for thinking Sirkin's better than Huggins or Huggins is better than Sirkin. my opinion, is Sirkin's Huggins. slightly better, but I think Huggins has been excellent.
2: It's not the fact that Sirkin's better. If that agent had listened to what Ben and Barnsley were saying, playing Sirkin, who is left-footed on the left-hand side, brings you more balance. If he wants his, If he wants his player to compete and get in the start, then he should be trying to take Tri Hume's place on the right-hand side Mm -hmm. in his natural right-back position where they can both bomb on and it gives you that balance. I just think he's got his hinted specs on. He should even know that being a former left-back as well. Exactly what a left-back can bring, but let's ignore him. I I, I think he's just... He's just looking for bites, I think, and I think he's just very unprofessional.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I really thought it was a really unprofessional comment. I don't want to get bogged down in it too much, but, like... For me, look, I like Huggins, I like Circum, but you know what I like more than both? Sunderland Football Club, Association Football Club even, sorry. That's one of my pet hates. Um, I know, shocker. Um, Cancelled. Um, but I think, for me, I, I don't care who plays as long as they play well. I think Serkan's probably a slightly better player, but do I trust both of them at left-back? Yeah, absolutely. And that's brilliant for Sunderland Association Football Club. Got it right that time. Um, I'll leave it at that. But um, one... Player, I did really want to pick out here, Ross, and I'm going to come to you with it because I know you're a big fan. There's actually two players I want to pick out here. I think the starting 11 played really well. There was one that wasn't firing on all cylinders, which we're going to come on to in in the listeners' questions a bit later on. But I thought Riggy and Hamir played really well when they came on. I thought Riggy in particular, like the best thing about Chris Rigg is he looks 16. So, like, when he comes on and he's just spinning players, it looks funny because it's like it's like a kid coming on just like doing experienced players like Johnny Houston in the middle. But I thought Hamir did all right as well, but I thought Riggy was exceptional when he came on. Yeah, Chris Rigg was brilliant against
1: Leicester as well when he came on, I thought. Um, I know we're going to get on to the, the player who we thought maybe wasn't brilliant, but to me, if we started Chris Rigg in a championship match, I'd be totally fine with it which is the biggest compliment you can give the lad. He, he doesn't look out of place. Every time he comes on, he makes an impact. And I think you can't ask for much more than that. He's clearly got the trust of Mowbray because the game was 2-1 when he came on. It was in the balance and he was like, right, you're going to go play centre midfield for me. Was it 2-1? I think it was 2-1. So um, so yeah, he um, was brilliant. That one where he sent the player for a hot dog was tremendous. Bit of individual skill, but also he drives with the ball really well. Like he he's not quick, but he glides, and um, he was very unlucky not to get an assist when he played Pritchard in. And then I think when the Himia chance came about, which we, you mentioned before, which was created by Barr I actually think Rig was in a better position for the pullback. It would have been slightly critical, but he he like you see, he, he he for a little lad as well. He always seems to win tackles. Like it's it's very he's very diminutive. How he just seems to be there in the right place at the right time and get a foot in. But uh, you, you know what I mean? He's 16-year-old and he captains England at 18, so it tells you everything you need to know about how rated he is and how he plays above his age and you see him. But 100%, you can't ask him much more when players are getting the opportunities for 15, 20 minutes and make an impact. And we're talking about him now because he clearly didn't. He left an impression on everyone there. And to me, he's he's, he's one that I think we will be
0: seeing start championship games sooner rather than later. Uh, Brad I'll, I'll leave the Hamir question to you I thought he did alright when he came on I know not everyone will agree with that but I thought he did alright snatched at his chance a little bit but what is he 18? I think with the young, and I know I'll we'll repeat this and I know I've kind of said I prefer experience sometimes and I would like some experienced players in there to teach these young lads, young lads a little bit but that's not going to happen so I think Hamir is growing with each performance he's coming on and I thought yesterday he looked, he looked pretty handy what was your thoughts?
2: Mm. Um. He did okay. I'll 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 put it as that. I think he done okay. But it's the same story. It's when a striker isn't scoring goals and they're getting these chances, it seems like everyone's laser focused on them. Like that header was quite difficult. Bless him. Uh, it was like straight back at him and he's headed it. He's done everything right and their lads cleared it. But a striker in a bit of form who's scored if he's if he's if he's if he's scored three or four goals before we don't talk about him because he's performances are okay but he needs that goal and I mean he wasn't going to get it against Leicester the poor kid only got 90 seconds but he got a good 20 odd minutes yesterday when we were completely on top and he's had two very good chances you look back at the Southampton game he's came on at 4-0 and he's went through on goal and he's just hit straight at the keeper he will score and I think it'll be fantastic when he does and I hope it's at the stage of my life because you can see the fans and the players are all behind him to try and get that goal but at the minute, I'm going to go back to something you've just said. I'm there for Sunderland Association Football Club. And if he's not ready and he's not firing and there's someone else who's waiting to do it, I'd rather see them and bide our time with him here. And if that means even sending them on loan somewhere to try and get some more minutes, so be it. But he done OK. He did do... he, he done fine. Um... I'm looking forward I, I think the one I'm looking at his game time is going to be more limited because by the sounds of it Mowbray really waits at my ender when he comes in and he's pretty much ready now I think he just needs a couple of 21's appearances and then we might start seeing him so if he comes in and starts scoring that knocks here down to maybe his fourth in the pecking order so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see but yeah Hemir he's done fine and we know there's something capable in there because he scored in pre-season quite a few times But I think to see the best out of Hamia, we need him on with Pritchard because Pritchard does put them on a plate for a striker. We've seen that time and time again. And that's where the majority of his goals came in pre-season, was from balls in the box, Pritchard with a couple of the assists. Um, Yeah, time will tell. He's done okay.
0: Yeah, I think he'll be all right. I think he'll come into it. I think it's just a case of if you had an 18-year-old striker playing every week, if he wasn't like our only striker for a period of time, we probably should have. be able to be a lot more patient with him and I think I think I think we will be I think we will be and, and I, think, I hope I hope that he uh, I hope he scores fairly soon because I don't want to go too long without one. Yeah,
2: I think what's actually hindered him and it sounds tough because he, we had no choice but, but to play him with him being the only striker fit to start the start of the season and being flogged really um, if he was managed the right way, if we had a couple of strikers in there where he could have came on for the last 20 minutes, we wouldn't be having these discussions, we like right, he's getting bedded in but the fact he was basically given the number nine shirt and starting the season, I think a lot of hype and expectation was around him. Ourselves included, we put him down as the one that we'd expect to be the signing of the the summer. I think, um, and the shows are much between or really doesn't it? <laughs> Um But yeah, it's he is a young boy. Um, he's, he's still got a lot to learn. It's a new language, new new culture for him. He will get there, but I think it's just going to take a bit of time.
0: A couple of quick fire ones for one of the listeners' questions because we have run out of time a little bit. Uh, but Ross, uh, first goal didn't look offside at first glance. Everyone's going mad about it. Watching it back, it's quite clear he's onside. Uh, proof from Sunderland that we kind of just stopped playing if we're going to pick out a negative.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was just a comedy of errors. One, like Hume in the first place, playing him onside should never be playing him onside when everyone else has stepped up. That's prove from Hume. The linesman then goes to put his flag up. The kid's still like, he doesn't go fully towards it, but he makes a motion to go near it. So then Ekwar puts in the most perfect tackle ever. Like, if you're going to make the tackle, do it properly, play at the whistle. And then we all, all the three defenders in the box just go to the six-yard box and just leave the lad on the edge. It's a good finish, but it was just so poor and we need to stop going 1-0 down,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically. I think so. And a really, really quick one for Brad before we're going to read his questions. Uh, Despite the fact that that decision was actually correct, we did win 3-1, but referees, linesmen, officials, absolutely crap again, Brad. Yes?
2: Yeah. Um, not going to argue with that one, to be honest. I mean, who did he actually caution? Because Ballard's technically now suspended, but everyone on the ground thought it was Equa. So when I on on a betting app, that it was Ballard it was given to. I was convinced it was Equa, so I thought, right, I'll stick a tenner on it. That's 7-1 for Eckhart to get a card. And that hasn't been, so long story short, I, I've lost a tenner. But it yeah, the a... referees would... Uh, uh, I'm sick of t- and tired of talking about them. I'm happy to touch on them because it shows us not our when we lose. Um, But the standard officiating across the board is appalling and I'll keep calling it out.
0: It's It's horrendous. I'm just tired of it. Like, I mean, I don't want to talk about any of the team's games yesterday, but you go up to the Premier League yesterday and there's a penalty given yesterday. And people will say, oh, because it was your rivals. But that's never a penalty. And ev- like everyone said it. It's just, it's did consistent he was bad. Yeah. Did you see it was on VAR? Yes, I did.
2: Mr. Middlesbrough FC? Yes. Well, did
0: you well, Did well. you
2: also see the penalty that
1: it, uh, Plymouth didn't get it switch away? Yes. That's assault. <laughs> And like everyone in the ground knows it's a penalty. Even the player who makes a tackle hits the ground after to say like, oh no, I've messed up here and the referees just like, play
2: on. It's a, they, they just make it up
1: as they go along, I'm it, convinced. Yeah,
0: it's 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 just not great. Um, on that
2: one about the mags as well, when there was a potential handball for Bruno and they said it hasn't touched him, but then they still give a corner. I'm like <laughs> If it hasn't hit him, it's not a corner. I, I it's, honestly did they might as well just pick them out of the crowd or like a, a prize out of a Kellogg's box.
0: I thought, um, I don't want to touch on it too much, but like, look, we have to call things out when we win and when we lose and when we draw, if that's what we think. We are quite steadfast referees, but I think, you know, I know it's, we're here to talk about the Sunderland game, but I think Gary O'Neill summed up refereeing across the British game in general, across all levels, when he said, when they improve their level, then I'll start speaking to them again and I think I'll leave it at that. Um, Listeners' questions, Owen said readers' questions, that's, no one reads this, um, as far as I'm aware. But a few decent ones, a few talking points, which I've so held back on a little bit, you can probably tell, so we can keep the questions coming in. But um, first one to you, Ross. Uh, Job works hard, physically ahead of his years, but he looks for the easy option. He doesn't yet have what Pritchard or Dak can do with a killer passing creativity, which would create opportunities for our strikers. And then somebody else asked, is it maybe time to give Job a rest?
1: Yeah, I think Joe looked tired yesterday for the first time. He make, he makes some great runs when he's in the playing in the ten. He puts himself about some brilliant bits of skill. But yeah, I think he looks tired. And you've got to remember he's an eighteen year old kid. This is probably the most games he's played consecutively. He's also been in the international breaks, been playing two games for England on the twenties, I think it is. So yeah, I think we've got to be careful about yeah, he's a great young talent. But also let's not like let's not kill him you know what i mean like it's it's a it's a long season you're going to need him and i think we did this in league 1 if i remember correctly with cirkin where he just looked absolutely wrecked after starting really well because it's his first season in men's game playing consecutive games i just i just think we need to be careful with job we know he's a brilliant player we know he's got brilliant talent the thing about not making the killer pass i think it's a bit unfair because you look at the goals and he's scored the season. He created Clark's goal at Stoke basically by having the shot saved. So I think he adds a new dimension to us. Um, But yeah, I think I think he might be ready for a break because
0: I, I do think that he's maybe starting to show a bit of fatigue. I rate Job really highly and I think there's a few people in the crowd getting annoyed at him yesterday because he was really poor but I'm going to reiterate, this kid's just turned 18. You can already see the talent that he has. Um, I heard one comment saying, stop doing the flicks And that man. You're not your brother. No, keep doing them. Keep doing the stuff that you're good at. Keep trying new things because you may not be your brother, but we're talking about the best player in the world Um, as his brother. And that's fine for him not to be the best player in the world at the moment. I think for us, it's going to be very good. I think we've already seen he's played, what, like 11 games? Um, in 12 that have been good that's the first really really poor performance I've seen from him he's a kid he's going to learn for me when he's fit firing and um, not knackered which he potentially is he's one of our first names on the team sheet and I think that's a, a massive compliment to him worst case scenario we can bring in the 16 year old wonder kid um, underneath him so I'm sure we'll cope but Brad next question to you we, we haven't really touched on him yet and we, we probably should um, we touched him a little bit but Rusin, what what did he make of Rusin's performance? A couple of questions around Rusin, shall we say? I'll just combine them into one and we we'll say, what did you think?
2: Um, I thought he was actually quite good for his first start. Um, I've seen him for the twenty ones a couple of times, and he just looked quick. He ran the channels quite well. Um, and just when the game was starting to fall a little bit, just towards the end of the first half, that tackle where he ran basically the width of the pitch, closed their lad down, and has got the crowd going again. Um so you he's, he's, he can see he's got a bit of heart about him and I mean we could have been talking about one of the greatest assists we've seen at the stage in a long time if Jack Clark had put the header away because Brewson's won the ball back he's beat two men for, like Blister and Pace put a great ball in um, so yeah I mean I, that's the play I was talking about when I said about we might see a bit better out of Roberts because he's going to start creating the chances he's going to start creating the space sorry, um, by making these runs because defending just won't know what to do. I think Mowbray got a spot on by not starting with Burst or Hemir because they've got two big lumps at the back and they would have probably got bullied. Two big experienced pros. So let's mix it up a bit, go with a bit of pace. It's a bit of an unknown. Um, and I was I was very impressed, and I, I, it was great for him to get 60-65 minutes into him. Um, I think he'll be back in the team against Swansea. And look, with Root, the thing the difference about Root and he's not a young boy learning his trade. He's a, 20, he's a 24, 25-year-old, so he's a man. He's got a bit of experience at a, a decent level behind him, not just Bairns football. So it's not as if we're coaching him the game, we're just coaching him how to play within, within our team. He's got all the attributes, because we wouldn't have paid a fee for him if, if we didn't think there was something there and he could fit in. So on first impressions, when he came off the bench, I've been very impressed. But yesterday, I thought it was a very good um, debut, well, First start really isn't it? You class it as a full debut. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him, and I think it won't be too long until we see a goal, and it'll kick him on.
0: Yeah, me too. I think he's. I think he's decent. I thought the header he went for yesterday was really brave. That the referee gave a free kick for because apparently the the very small, nimble Ukrainian boy can apparently knock out the muscle-bound Shane Duffy that can't actually run because he's so huge. Um mind if I'm a Norwich fan and I'm watching Shane Duffy's performance yesterday, crikey Moses Um, anyway another question, we've got a couple more we've got a little bit of time left uh, so we'll keep it nice short and snappy one from Andy which I really like uh, not a question Ross but how good is Daniel?
1: <laughs> Quality and I think playing him further forward is, um, has brought the best out of him he's a goal threat now which is something he needed out of his game, and it was a brilliant finish. I thought it really was. Sometimes I think he maybe held on to the ball a bit too much at times in the first half, and if he could just pass it a bit, like the one touch passing, bounce passes, make it a bit quicker, it would get the ball moving, and especially in the transition, I think like he can slow the play up at times when he. But to me, he's better when he doesn't have time to think, so he just moved that ball so much quicker. But yeah, it was there. I thought we were really impressed with him and we missed him, didn't we, when he was suspended, let's be honest.
2: I think what I like about Dan Neil Ross, when you say he slows it a bit, him and Nequa complement each other because when was gets on the ball, he either goes for the big switch or if you see, he breaks the lines, how quickly he puts the ball in behind, straight into Job's feet or it was Roosan's feet a couple of times. So I think it's very good to have a bit of bit of both from them too. Um, they complement each other really well. And to be fair, if they're both fit, they both played, don't they? Like that's our midfield, really.
1: Yeah, definitely, I agree with you. I think I think it was more. It was more a case of when we had like a quick break on, and he had the chance to pass it out wide to Clark or Roberts a bit quicker. And then by by just delaying it by taking an extra touch, it lets the defense set, which makes it harder for Roberts and Clark get behind because they normally double on them. It's very minute, but it just little details like that. Then when we got the ball to Clark first time in the movie we did he hit the post so like just little things like that and like you say I th- well I know we're going off a bit but I think him playing more advanced as well maybe negates the fact that job needs to be so high so it might be better for job to sit a bit deeper at times because he can have more time and space on the ball which I think suits job better than Neil if that makes sense so I do think I do think it, it's it's good that we've got all these options though and as you say Equa can just sit in that deep position which to be fair he's made his own because after the the first game of the season Ipswich were was saying eh, why is Neil and Ekwar swap positions but you can see now why because like you say they complement each other so well and Ekwar gets so much space on the edge of the box that he will score about 20 goals from long range in his career because he's got he got a foot like a traction engine
0: pretty brilliant <laughs> love him quick questions with borderline one line uh, one word answers borderline here uh, Brad I'll come to you first so there's rumours that the old ship badge might come back next season I don't know how true it is Um, would you want the old ship badge or are you happy sticking with the one at the minute someone's asked the question I think it's decent enough
2: uh, no I'm happy sticking with the badge that we've got we we'll change the kit supplier that would be fine
0: I'm the the way around I like Nike but I'm one in one of few Ross same question to you
1: yeah, I like retro stuff. Mix it up. Have one with the old badge, one with the new badge. Sell more shirts, more money.
0: Yep. Happy with that. Uh we don't know if he's suspended yet. Dan Ballard, if he is, who comes in from next week, Brad? If he's suspended. Jeff Old Jensen sealed, isn't it? Yeah. I'd agree with that. Ross? Yeah, sealed. So he's brought in for. Signed, sealed, delivered. It will be Jensen next week if he's suspended. Um, and last but not least, while well, we've got a couple of seconds left, uh, Swansea away, Birmingham at home, Plymouth away, Huddersfield at home to come. Uh, points total, Brad. Ten. Ross. Nine. Nine. Yeah, I'll go with nine. Um, thanks everyone for joining this week. Nice to be back on the back of a win. We're happy. We're excited. It's always a better listen and always a better job to do, I think, when we do win. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Subscribe if you want. It's completely fine if you don't. I would if I was you. But if you don't want to, it's fine. Cheers. Yeah. Ah, There we go. I'll be
2: back next week, depending if we win or lose. I'm only joking. I'm back at work. So it depends on you want to record.
0: We'll probably (laughs) lose then. Right. Thanks, lads. Appreciate it.